This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, and I suppose this isn't a welcome back to an emergency episode of Green and White brought to you by Argo Life. Stephen Schumacher has been announced as the head coach of fellow championship club Stoke City. And that also includes... Um, who's going with him? Savannah. I can't say his name. That guy, Mark Hughes and Darren Deschett going uh, to the Bet365 alongside him. Um, initially announced as manager of Plymouth Argyle on the 7th of December 2021, Stephen Schumacher succeeded Ryan Lowe into the role, beginning his tenure with a 1-1 draw away up at MK Dons, which I, I, you know is arguably one of our favourite away days in, in recent memory. Ten games later, so Argyle pushed Champions League winners Chelsea all the way. And despite December upheaval and the appointment of a managerial rookie into his first role, Argyle continued to push for the playoffs, missing out on the final day to the aforementioned MK Dons. The 2023, the 2022-23 season rolls round as Schumacher inspires his side to achieve the unthinkable, pipping both Ipswich Town and Sheffield Wednesday to the League One title while collecting 101 points. Trips to Derby, Shrewsbury, Morecambe and of course Port Vale, along with a phenomenal home form, see Argyle through, while Schumacher picks up the EFL League One Manager of the Year award, all alongside visiting Wembley for some pizza action. Um, this season, Shuey, as he's more affectionately known, am I doing this in a tone where he sounds like he's dead? I feel like I am. It's good to us. So oh, I think okay. We've gone bold straight away. Uh, currently has us, or had us, sat in 16th place. Well, the away form um, has been hit and miss, uh, shall we say. But obviously joining me tonight to talk about all things Stephen Schumacher, his move to Stoke City, and any potential replacements is fresh from his stint on basically every single BBC um, outlet there is, Spotlight, uh, BBC Stoke, um, BBC Radio Devon, obviously Joe Bell. How's things? Um, I th- um, match of the day, need a new pundit after Ian Wright um, is leaving. So I thought I'd start my campaigning early. Um, how's things? Yeah, still stunned, still stunned, but I'm sure we'll um, we'll get into the crooks of it in a minute. Yeah, um, Matt Smith, super fan, Finley Allen. 
Last things. Okay. Yeah, all good, thank you. Um, yeah. Well, all, yeah, all good. At, yeah, the, the Doctor Who actor. Um, but yes, all good, um, obviously, uh, generally, but this news is quite a, a kick in the teeth, I've got to be honest. And bonjour, ça va, John? Ça va très bien, merci. Um, yes, I'm in France and, uh, of course, doing what all self-respecting people do when they've gone on a nice holiday to the south of France, um, which is join a podcast uh, full of people back in Plymouth or Norwich or Beverly Hills or wherever Aaron is today. Brilliant. Brilliant. That didn't take long, did it? Oh, this is just my front room, uh, which you weirdly believed uh, was the case. Uh, John, whilst we've got you then... Um, I'll stop talking and let you take over. Why don't you give us your initial thoughts? How, how are you feeling about the move um, before we move on to some of Schumacher's highlights? Yeah, I feel like a huge range of emotions uh, at once, I think, about this. I feel incredibly sad and really disappointed and very surprised and quite angry. Also quite excited um, which I guess I'll come on to last just because that's probably the most counterintuitive of the emotions that I'm feeling at the moment. I think you know, when I first heard that, first heard sort of very far-fetched sounding rumours about Peter Coates's helicopter being spotted in Plymouth, I thought it was classic, you know, overthinking from a, a sometime contributor to this podcast uh, who mm. likes to overanalyze both flight radar movements and also how close managers get to the home fans when they're doing their round of applause. This, this individual actually, I believe, said that Tamani Diagaraga back in the day waved goodbye to our fans three times <laughs> before he eventually did never play for us again. So, this, this is the same man who did say that Schumacher got a bit too close to the Devonport end and looked like he was going and we all laughed at him. Yeah, before. and the worst thing, actually arguably the worst thing about this <laughs> news, talking about Sam, for those who, who are regular listeners, the worst thing about this news is he's going to think he was right about that and it will encourage him to do more kind of body language reading. Which I'm, I don't glad he's, I'm glad he's not here tonight because I don't think we'll be able to fit his ego in the squares that we've well, got. For, um, but, but no, for so when I first heard, you know, first heard the rumour based on that, I thought it sounded preposterous because, because of all the things I've just mentioned do actually sound objectively quite preposterous. But like, I also just couldn't see it. You know, obviously he's been linked with a lot of other jobs, which ostensibly he has... Obviously, we don't know this for a fact, but it seems like, you know, he may, may have had the opportunity to leave before. He was linked with the Sunderland job quite heavily, and, and that obviously that didn't happen. Um, uh, and with that one, I was actually a little bit worried because I was thinking, you know, obviously Sunderland are a legitimately massive club and, and got to the playoffs last year and, you know, only only sort of mildly stuck in a rut this season. Um, but with Stoke, I just thought, why? Like, I, I, you know, it sounded like Ryan Dilks when he was talking about this on the second tier pod the other day, but I shared completely his reaction. It just didn't make any sense to me. I mean... Yeah, obviously we're above them in the table. It's only what three points or so, and it's still very early days. They could very easily finish above us. But it's a club that is totally stuck in a rut, as far as I can see, has not really had any success for quite a number of years now, and and, and most importantly, has been just a graveyard for young managers. You know, with with profiles like Stephen Schumacher, and in many cases, actually, you know, probably better profiles in terms of being more experienced. None of them have done well there. Um, and I, you know, I do not think Gary Rowett is a bad manager. I do not think Nathan Jones is a bad manager. I do not certainly do not think um, Alex Neal is a bad manager. Um, Michael O'Neill, and personally, a little bit more jury out on, but that maybe that's just me. But, but you know, these are these are good managers who have gone in there and failed. 
um, very good managers in some cases. And, and clearly there is a common denominator for that. And it isn't resources. You know, obviously we know they've got a lot of resources, um, certainly more than we have. But but it, it doesn't seem like for whatever reason there's a sustainable plan for success at the club, just sort of more more kind of like vibes based. It just doesn't seem like there's a good vibe there. Um, the fans have huge expectations. There's a huge risk if you don't beat them. So for, so anyway, for all those reasons, but it would be a very odd career choice for a man who at the moment enjoys what is pretty much unicorn status in this league, which is being totally revered and having almost 100% job security in a, you know, a championship club, albeit, you know, obviously obviously with budgetary challenges, but a club that, unlike Stoke, I think is going in, in a positive direction. Um, you know, at the moment, that's undeniable. Stoke are not going in a positive direction at the moment. We are. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I didn't think, I didn't really think much of it when I heard about it. And then, obviously, you know, it's become very clear over the last 24 to 36 hours that, it, you know, that it's happening. Now we know it's happened. Um, and, and yeah, you know, I'm still sort of piecing through my emotions. I, I believe that Shuey has made some comments about Stoke. I don't think he's made any comments about us yet. Um, so I'm obviously given how important Ryan Lowe's comments on the way out the door were for establishing how he was remembered among Argyle fans. I want to wait and see what Shuey has to say about us, if anything. And I would hope he sounds agonised and like this was a difficult decision um, because at the moment, I sort of feel like we've been tossed aside, you know, like where, you know, this is just kind of a, a complete shot in the eye for us as a club, um, a complete lack, you know, complete lack of vote of confidence in, in a direction knowing that we... we, we I'm, not, I'm not laughing at you, John. I'm laughing at these comments that all clearly want sound down on the pod. Sorry, carry mm-hmm. on. Oh, and the man from France has frozen. He oh, has. Sorry, oh, actually... You were interrupting me, and then I froze anyway. So that was. Fine. <laughs> um, I'll 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 let others speak, but the I guess just fast forward to my sort of final emotion. As you can tell, it's a bit of a cocktail. I do actually feel excited because I think for the first time, you know, for the first time in four years, really, we're not going to be managed by the same sort of regime. Some very ominous sounding word, but you know what I mean, right? I mean, Lotus Schumacher was obviously a very big change of manager, but it wasn't. A, you know, it was a change of it was an internal appointment. You know, it was the same kind of setup. The last time we had to make a kind of external appointment, we were in League Two. Um, you know, it was pre-COVID. We've been on a wild ride since then. Um, probably one that is beyond the, you know, imagination of, of most of our supporters, certainly in terms of how quickly we've done it and the manner in which we've done it. And I think I think we are a club that is massively on the up. I think now we're a championship club, we're gonna have we're gonna be a very attractive destination for for a lot of managers. Um, you know, I think there'll be a lot of people throwing their names in the ring for this who are the sort of people two years ago that we would probably not have imagined would want anything to do with us in the, in the near term future. So, you know, and, and obviously we've got a setup beyond the manager and the sort of immediate coaching staff that I really trust. So, um, yeah, on that sense, I actually think this is a huge opportunity to get this appointment right and, and, you know, either continue on the trajectory we're on or who knows, like even do better, who knows? Uh, but I guess that's for later in the pod. But so, so I'm not, I'm not feeling it's not, it's not an unalloyed, disappointment but i am um yeah i am gutted sorry john um peter graham has said is he ever going to let anybody else speak um you are sarah yeah i know i didn't even think you were talking that long uh go on joe I've, you got, I've, got bad news for, I've got some bad news for peter about how long these these uh, podcasts tend to last but anyway <laughs> the unedited version goes on quite some time oh joe you're on pretty my you're not doing very well, are you? Go on. Sorry. I don't, I, you know, I'm not used to these live broadcasts, am I? I'm used to pre-recording it, and that normally gets edited out. 
Um, I think stunned um, would be the initial response to it. Um, I think, first of all, I think co live comments were a really bad idea, Aaron, because I can't keep a straight face at what's coming in here. Um, I think, yeah, stunned is is my overall um, response Sorry, to, to it. Sorry, you gave us this question. He will be soon. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, as I was saying before, John tried to get another word in edgeways. Um, stunned, didn't expect it. Um, slightly disappointed with the timing. Um, I mean, I'm not blinkered i'm not um deluded in the fact that you know one day he was going to um he was going to leave us and go elsewhere um you know this was always going to be a stepping stone for him and his career um so i don't think we should ever kid ourselves to think that we were suddenly expecting a 25 year reign of sir alex ferguson where great success is brought to us all the time um I didn't expect it to be now. I sort of thought that he would at least see out our first season in the championship. I didn't think that he would leave at Christmas time. Um, and that that's what's disappointing, I think, is the, is the timing of the whole situation. We're, um, we're in the middle of a really crucial run of games. We're just, what, 13 days away from the transfer window opening, a pivotal transfer window in the future of the season um and i think we're all pretty aware of the football business the football economics that goes on um you know and, and survival in the championship this year is massively important um but it's it's not quite um hit me yet what's gone on but it is what it is i mean you know chapeau to him he's obviously impressed somebody at Stoke City he's you know, he's obviously interviewed very well whenever that interview took place and how it's come about so um chapeau to him thanks for for all the memories I mean he's given we're, we're going to come on to it he's given us some unbelievable days he's given us some great days at home great days away um but that era now that lasted four and a half years is over um it's time now for the football club to start afresh we have a new vision we have a new five-year plan that five-year plan has just ended with Schumacher going to Stoke City um it didn't end with promotion it's ended now um we have a new five-year plan that was only announced a, um what a month ago six weeks ago um so it starts afresh it's a clean slate for whoever comes in they'll come in with a, a transfer window to to have a crack at to build a squad that's capable of staying in the championship and as John says, it's a sort of a mix of emotions. It's um, it's a little bit of of shock, a bit of sadness, a bit of disappointment, um, but equally tainted with a bit of excitement. And you know, let's see what the the next few weeks brings because it's going to be a it's going to be a merry-go-round um, of names being thrown about here, there, and everywhere. So um, yeah, let's just see how it plays out. Yeah, nice. Can you just confirm that your curtains are from the range, like the comments? I'm not sure they are, actually. Um, I'll have to ask my parents. I did see the comments. Yeah, I think that's enough on your curtains. Um, Finn, let's 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 talk about Shui before we talk about him leaving. Um, wh where does he sit on the list of the best ever Argyle managers for you? 
Uh, I mean, without with the caveat of saying that I didn't start going to our goals until 2010. Um, so I didn't get to see the best of Sturrock. But I'd have to say, um, for me, um, the be- the the best. If you if you if you look at the budget that we had compared to the, if you compare it to the time time that Sturrock had and the budget he had compared to his competitors then, and then what we had to come up against with Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich and uh, even clubs like Derby and stuff, he would have spent much much more than me to to get a hundred and one points. Uh, let's not forget, you know, missing out on the playoffs um, in the season before. Granted, some of that was Ryan Lowe's work, but most of it was Stephen Schumacher's. Um, you know, missing out on the playoffs the season before um, with a record record points total for missing out on the playoffs um, in League One. So just, yeah, before I say anything else on the guy, I, I, I don't take away what he's done for the club. He's given me my best days as an Argyle fan. And probably some of the best days we will we will ever have, and 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 first of all, thank you for that. Uh, I'm sure I'll come on to it later. I am there is a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth on the timing of the move and the club that he has gone to. No, no disrespect to Stoke City. I mean, that sounds like disrespect to Stoke City. I was going to say, no, no disrespect, but it sounds like Finn might be about to disrespect Stoke City. Well, sorry, Stoke City fans, but uh, you, yes, yes. Let's, let's just leave that there for now. To place on, I'd like to place on record my disrespect for Stoke City, and also <laughs> say that I, I, disres- I was disrespecting Stoke before it was cool as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should we should we go through some more shoey highlights then, John? What are yours? Hey, um, feels like a you know bad time to be reflecting on these joyous moments um when why is it a bad time because we're not gonna we're not gonna reflect on them after tonight once this pod's out of the way it's in nanskaville's regime isn't it so yeah might as well reflect on it now i I just mean from a point of view of you know not 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 going to be sounding particularly enthusiastic or or wistful i guess even though obviously even a week from now i'm sure you know some of my uh you know you know the sort of like how good these memories are will will come back when it's not so fresh, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was there at MK Dons in his first game in charge, which was brilliant. Uh, total, like, siege mentality after Lowe left us. Wasn't a particularly memorable game, but, you know, a good point away from home. And, and more importantly, the um, away end was absolutely bouncing and Shuey seemed to sort of hear some of the chants that were going on and, and came over all smiles at the end, um, which was, yeah, which was, was sort of a great... Um, night and, and you know i guess that feeling kind of is, is a bit reminiscent of what we're all feeling now right you know that was kind of a well screw you then we're still a great club we still have big fans and we're still gonna you know we're still gonna make noise hopefully saturday at home park will, will be another testament to that um and then cardiff on boxing day as well and I'm, I'm sure it will be um so there was that um i mean chelsea away aaron sort of mentioned i guess the high, real highlights chelsea away was a great day um just sort of watching us not only compete with but sort of actually go toe-to-toe with actually playing football against you know a team who at that point at least were good <laughs> um, is was you know it was a great memory um and then last season as a whole feels kind of like a blur still a little bit to me but you know obviously some fantastic days um both that I did and, and wasn't wasn't in attendance for I mean personally you know we'll always remember extra at home as being a fantastic night derby at home um I've had some family connections there as well so that was um a particularly enjoyable one for me after unfortunately missing the away game 
and then uh, yeah, and then obviously Paul Vale on the final day to sort of cap it all off was um was a great memory. And then and then yeah, even early this season, you know, I just think that and even even the summer really, which was you know, it was a time when there weren't really games going on, obviously apart from friendlies, but just sort of feeling like the club was buzzing and the city was buzzing and that it was in a really positive place and that you know we were not only able to be financially competitive to sign players like Whitaker and Mumba, but that they actually seemingly wanted to come here over what I'm sure were other possibilities and other options for them. Um, after years and years of sort of having players insinuate that they don't like it down here or, you know, it's miles away from their family in the north or in Scotland or wherever and they can't wait to leave, to have players actively want to come back and say, you know, not only do I love playing for this club and this manager, but this is a great part of the world. Obviously, that's not one moment or one game, but I think for me, just that sort of feeling, that kind of all summer long, long hangover from being champions, but but also that sort of excitement looking forward was just brilliant. Um, and yeah, I think that that feeling is probably what I'll remember more than you know necessarily individual individual games as being the kind of distillation of what the Shuey era um, was. Uh, I could go on. I mean, there have been so many good memories, including this season. But I'll um yeah, I'll leave I'll leave it with that. Yeah, you don't, don't want to be talking too much, John, on a podcast. No. Um, on, on the 7th of December then, what was that, 12? Yeah, 12 days ago, Stephen Schumacher uttered the words, I'm still only young, I've only been a manager for two years. There is no rush for me to move anywhere. I'm in a brilliant place. He obviously didn't mean geographically. Um, Joe, is there a bit of a Holloway factor to this move and the fact that he says he's happy and that he's settled and then within a matter of weeks does... Does it leave a bit of a sour taste in the mouth? It does for me a little bit. Um, I'm glad he. Um, I'm glad he stopped short of saying he was off to um, B and Q to buy a tub of green and white paint to paint Smeaton's tower after he said those words. Um, yeah, I, I I can see the comparison. Um, I remember. I remember the day that Holloway left, um, or I certainly remember the day he tendered his resignation. It was my birthday actually. Um, so that was a crap one. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and to be honest with you, I think we've said it, we said it a couple of years ago when when Ryan Lowe left that I don't think as a fan base we've ever quite got over that incident because of everything that was said in the media, every, every dream that we were sold um, was all hollow words by Holloway. Um, so I do think... You know, and then with what happened with Ryan Lowe, obviously, you know, just compounded it a little bit. So, yes, there is a Holloway-esque um, end to this tenure. Um, I do think the situation is a bit different this time. I mean, obviously, Holloway was, what were we, fourth in the fourth in the championship at the time. We were going great guns. Um, you know, the, the situation was totally different. Um so in a way, I don't know whether this one's a little bit worse because although you're chasing the Premier League dream with what's on the line this year, if we get relegated, probably outweighs that a little bit. I think it would be um, a real kick in the teeth if we were to work so hard as a club for 10 years to get into the championship again, only then to to fall out of it at the first time of asking. I think that wouldn't sit right with a lot of people. Um and you know he's he's sort of abandoned abandoned that halfway through, isn't he? You know, we're, what are we twenty two games, twenty two games in, and um, you know his his head has been turned by Stoke, and it's it's tough to take, but 
you know, as some of the comments of, are saying, you know, yes, all right, we can look back on the good times. And John's mentioned a, a fair few of them there. Um, and there have been some great days. Um, but equally, now is a time once we're finished reflecting in tonight's episode that we move on. And, and Birmingham City on Saturday is the start of the new. I don't want to use football ownership phrases um, that they come out with saying it's a new dawn, it's a new vision, it's a new era and things, but it, it really is a, f a fresh start. So um, everyone will be united. I know Nick from PSC Displays there is is planning something for Nance on, on Saturday and it'd be great if people can support that and get behind it and, and really get the place rocking on Saturday. And, uh, you know, this will galvanise the group. I think because they've had to spend the whole of last year when we were being written off by national podcasts and journalists telling us that Shuey's a genius. It was a masterstroke. He's outperformed everything with his budget and all that. Well, yes, he did. I'm not taking away any of the work that Schumacher did, but now's the time on Saturday for that group of players to go out there and to prove to everyone. It's the, it's not just the man in that box at the side of the pitch. It's those lads on the on the pitch that are really doing all the work. And um, I have full belief that on Saturday they'll be able to prove that point. And um, I hope that everyone really gets behind them on Saturday. Yet again, big fan of these comments. So keep them coming in. Uh, Finn, you know, obviously Joe's touched on it there, but like is, is loyalty in football just a, an illusion? Are we just idiots for believing that, you know, he was the man to break the mould? Um, well, yeah, you can look at it both ways. Look, I think if we take out the fact that we are football fans, um, the situation here is that this is a man. Um, and I was, I was speaking to my, my dad about this yesterday, actually. This is a man who, um, has seen a job offer come up where he's on potentially, uh, double or triple the wages. Um, and if he was in any other sort of job role, uh, say if he worked in a shop and you could say to him, well, you can move three, four hours closer to home and you get double your pay and you can move your family up there and we'll help you move your family up there. Of course, you're going to take it. Um, and take some it, of your friends. Sorry? And take some of your friends, your new coaching yeah. friends. Yeah, absolutely. So so if you look at it like that and you take the fact that we're football fans out of it, then, then, then I, I, I suppose... Yeah, yes, we are stupid, but you know the the kind of whole nature of being a football fan is to get behind your club and, and believe that um, the people that and I genuinely do think that a lot of the people, at, well, most of the, pretty much all of the people at the club do have the best interest um, in heart to do with Argyle at the moment. So, you, but you want to always believe that as a fan and believe that um, you know players and uh, players and uh, management staff care and uh and so so i can see it from both sides um so no i don't think it's stupid because i think it's natural of a football fan but if you look at it like any other if you want to look at it the the kind of context is any other job which it is it's just a job where you paid a lot of money and are kind of famous for it then yes i suppose if that makes any sense Thanks. Finn's kind of right in what he says, and I don't think I, I said this earlier today, and I I don't I'm not trying to to knock Argyle in any way because I did stress about um you know the the size of Argyle and things, but Stokes facilities right now are where we're going to be in a couple of years, but they're already in place. You know they are 
they Shuey will have bigger resources available to him. He will be able to to have a better success rate in the transfer market, if you like, in terms of names. It not maybe not necessarily have the hit rate of talent on the pitch as what he's had down here. But we shouldn't be blinkered by the whole football business and football economics side of this deal. Is that as Finn says, you know, he is going to go to a club where in January he, you know, it's inevitable he will have more money to spend to improve his squad. Um, but equally he's going there to improve his own his own position. And I don't think anyone should should knock that. You know, we're you know, if somebody said to me, I see your salary, I'm gonna pay you three times more than that, but you've got to go work in Glasgow, I'd put a kilt on and start they reciting Brigadoon. They can have you. You know, I'd I'd call myself Joe McBell and I'd start singing the Flower of Scotland walking through Glasgow. It you know, I'd be I'd be up there getting involved with it. So as much as we're hurting, as much as it's disappointing for us that we're not able, he's not able to see the job through this season. We've got to realise that there is a sense of, you know, he's got to do what he feels is right. And whether if, if that involves him going somewhere and getting a ton more money than what he's getting here, then chapeau to him, as I say. But um, I don't think we should dwell too much about whether or not he's just moved for money, because I think that's a very, it's a very easy argument to make. Um, and, you know, sure, there will be an element of that in this move, but I think now is just the time not to name things, point fingers and all that. It's just to move on. So that's my point on what Finn said. To play devil's advocate and coincidentally say something that I also believe, um, I obviously see where you're coming from and like, you know, contempt for Stoke City aside, like they are a bigger club than us, certainly in terms of history, and they do have more resources. There's no question about that. They, you know, they have more resources than us. But like, it's not quite as simple as that, though, is it? Like, number one, we're all saying, you know, if we were offered a job, you know, in Glasgow or whatever, we'd go and take it. Well, sure, but also he was he was on a lot more money than all of us are to start with. You know, he's like extremely well remunerated by the standards of society, right? So I don't think you can just say. It, 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 you know, it's, it, money is a factor, but it's also not like he's he has to go there for some kind of um you know for some kind of job security um or, or you know to to feed his kids or whatever you know the guys guys very very well remunerated profession anyway so there's I think there's that for starters which is which is by the way not me saying that that, that is the only reason he has gone but like I think it's that, that analogy of saying we'd all do the same is a bit is a bit different um also you know like if I worked in a shop I wouldn't have. 20,000 like customers coming in saying where the hell have you gone like you know there I think it, it, I'm not you know I think we, we can become cynical about this and say it doesn't matter at all but clearly it does matter you know like managers don't have a right to bang on about how great the fans are and their relationship with the fans and then you know just sort of throw that out the window and say actually it's all about cold hard cash and you know resources and all the rest of it like I, I think you have to be ac accountable then when you do things that are going to upset those fans and you know I don't think everyone should just be completely song green about the fact that he's that he's walked out people feel aggrieved by it and they're right to in my opinion the, the final point is that as i said earlier stoke are on a downward spiral and like just because you know he has just because he wanted to go and get a better job maybe at a club with more resources or a bigger club I, you know those opportunities were going to come his way and it feels like he's jumped into one that is just inexplicable and i, and I think that is what a lot of our fans are reacting to right like yeah. 
he hasn't left us for Sunderland even, which which even then, you know, I think there would be some right to be aggrieved about that. He's not left us for Everton, which I think is the one where he's very clearly been angling for that job very publicly from day one. No one I don't I think here if Everton had come in for him would be would be really begrudging it, as, as sad as we'd be. It feels like he's gone to a club that are a sideways, if not a downward move in terms of the kind of general trajectory of things. And sure, you know, they have more money, but money isn't everything in football. It isn't, you know, like Luton Town are in the Premier League right now. They don't have as much money as many, many, many clubs in the championship, but they're well run and they got there. And we are very well run. And I honestly believe we can get there. And, you know, I I think, I think to be, you know, the most charitable explanation I can come up with is, is not that it's money, like in terms of personal wages, it's that he thinks he can finally be the man to, to wake up the sleeping giant. And in some, you know, in some ways, like you've got to respect the risk taking and, and backing yourself. But as I said earlier, you've also got to look at the succession, the parade of young managers who have gone in there and failed. And you have to then look at that and say, well, why have they all failed? It's not because they're bad managers. Shuey is obviously a very good manager. We know that. But the risk, I think, to him here, that this just like hugely blows up in his face in six months when he doesn't meet the expectations that, you know, of their, of their fans... It's, it's absolutely huge because I don't think he's going to get as good a job as, as he has here. Well, you know, if Stoke fire him and in sort of Nathan Jones-esque circumstances, Jones p- personally, after getting fired by Stoke, got a bit lucky because the Luton job came back available and he and he was welcome back and obviously kind of made his reputation all over again. But, you know, football is a very snakes and ladders business. Stability is very rare. He had it here. He is not going to have it at Stoke. You know, he is not going to have fans who are willing to travel the length of the country and lose or lose every week, which is pretty much what we've been doing and still, you know, singing, you know, red and white Barmy army for the last 20 minutes of games. No, they're going to be booing and calling him, you know, a word I'm not going to say on this live stream, right? Because, because that's what they did to Alex Neal when they came down here the other week. Um, he, I think he's in for a very, very rude awakening. Um, if things don't go not just well, but like probably better than what a reasonable expectation of well would be given the expectation there. Yeah, it's a huge risk. It's a huge, huge risk, and I just don't really understand why he's taking it personally. Uh, I, think I, said, I think I said this in the group chat, didn't I, John? Sorry, Finn. Um, that if he if he was to go to um, if he was to stay at Argyle now, and we would go no win in fifteen, yes, all right, we'd be disappointed, and the pressure would be on at the bottom of the table. But Hallett has made it very public every opportunity he gets that Shuey's a young manager. He'll make mistakes. He'll put his arm around him. Give him a boost of confidence. You're my man. You're taking us forward. If he goes to Stoke now and has no win in his first 15 games and they continue on the project trajectory that they're on now, he's not going to have John Coates put an arm around him and tell him, you're my man, you're young, you'll make mistakes. There's going to be pressure on. And as you say, there's going to be a lot of resentment from the Sands because of the of the six years of turmoil that Stoke have been through. Yeah, as you say, there's been a conveyor belt of managers with better CVs than Stephen Schumacher that have gone into that building and have not been able to turn it around. They've not been able to awake the sleeping giant and they've not been able to change the course that they're on. Now, Shuey obviously has full belief in his own ability that he is going to be the man to do it. And, you know, fair enough. I admire his confidence. I admire his confidence in himself. Whether or not it works out, only time will tell. But you're right. The job security he had here, he I would wager a significant sum of money that he's not going to have a similar amount of job security at Stoke City. Yes, I would 100% agree with with what both of you um, what both of you guys have just said. Um, you know, after saying that positive bit on Stephen G. Merker, like I, you know, like about I understand the wages bit and the, from the football side of it. 
it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make I this can be clipped up as much as it, but it gen genuinely doesn't. Like I I I people have said yes, it's a life-changing amount of money. Well, it might be, but say that he kept this up this season, which I genuinely believe he would had he stayed. Um, and if we make the right appointment, I think we will stay up anyway. But um, but yeah, if he would have kept us up this season is what I fully believe. If he did that, no offence to Stoke City, I believe he would have got a job higher up in the championship. Um, a job offer higher up this in the you, championship. This is you summer. causing offence to Stoke City, yeah? Well, yeah, yeah, sorry. But I mean, just, I, I, I just don't really, I think... I think, look, we're, we were under no illusions he was going to leave pretty soon if he can carried on on the trajectory that he was going to. But I feel like what you said is completely apt in that he is kind of under no pressure or he was under no pressure when he was at our goal. To, you know, he can make mistakes and learn from them. He's not going to have that time. So, like, he's a very... He's one of the most talented managers, in my opinion, in the country at the minute. But... Um, so he, yeah, and he obviously firmly believes he can turn Stoke around, but it just seems a bit bizarre to me that it's in the middle of the season. Like, is he that desperate to leave? I believe that if he carried on this season and kept us up, when people look at the budget we've got and whatever, he's going to get a better job offer than Stoke City in the summer. In my opinion, Sunderland is a better job offer than Stoke City. Hence why Alex, but hence why it was so baffling to me when Alex Neal left Sunderland for Stoke City. But there you go. It's obvious. To, it's obvious that they offer life-changing wages, and you also can't begrudge that. So it's it's like you can I, can, I, can, understand, I can understand Neal to Stoke a little bit more because Sunderland um, need a head coach, and Neil likes to be in charge of things, and and that's you know that's what he was sold at Stoke. So I can sort of understand that, but like. Sure, he wasn't in charge of things here, really. Let's be honest. Obviously, Juicenip's got, um, you know, his his stamp on things, and he's staying anyway. So it's, it's just, it makes me it like, it, in my eyes, I think this one's worse than Low to take because um, I think we all knew that Low was going to be off in his, his first opportunity, and that's that's fine. It, for me, I think it's some of the things that Shuri's come out and said, and and you like genuinely feel like an idiot for believing that he like wanted to be here and, and really. Time, wanted the timing doesn't make sense, does it? The no. timing of it, all, I know. I know the timing makes sense because Stoke have a vacancy in their managerial position. That's the obvious thing to say. But the the timing of him seeing this is his moment to move on, as you say, two weeks ago he said, "I'm in the best place to learn. It's a brilliant place." Whatever it was, he said, "I can't remember it word for word." The timing just doesn't sit right. Um, no, but it's not, as I say, it's... only only he will know why this is the right opportunity for him. It's not the timing of somebody who loves, who genuinely loves Plymouth and loves the club, like he has said in the past. Like if you, if you, if you love the club that much, you would, you would, you would, you would have more courtesy uh, for your employers. I would say at least, um, and leave, leave, give them a bit more notice. I mean, we're literally just going into a the busiest period of the year in terms of football where the most points are available it just and just before a january transfer window like luckily we haven't lost in juice nip and and lots of other people i'm sure will come on to that in a bit so the plan will still be there but it's just it just throws everything up in the air a bit so yeah i think we have been a little for all of the good stuff that shuey has done and i you know i don't feel as bitter as when i when when Low left, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not particularly pleased with the way that this has transpired. 
also, yeah, I, also I, just, I think also like, yeah, like you know, I'm sure Stoke fans are and will say this, you know, that, um, you know, that like they're you know they're a bigger club, got a bigger stadium, bigger academy, more resources. We've as we've discussed, yada yada. There are loads of other like factors that make for like good employment and, and you know. Um, it must have been him. Go on. Um, you know, uh, anyway, sorry, lots of lots of things that make for you know fulfilling employment in this world that are not, you know, just things that are like objectively the things you would want in a job, right? You know, there's a, there's intangibles as well. And I think more than anything, just like quickly, this man has no idea what it's like to manage in a situation where he is not totally revered, right? It wasn't like he came in here with kind of a blank slate and people were like, don't really know who this guy is. And I'm sure that was some fan's reaction who made me pay less attention. But, you know, it was, um, you know, he was coming in, A, having been part of a promotion-winning backroom staff, but B, in a situation where he was the legend because Lowe walked out and he was the one who stayed loyal, right? Like he couldn't, you know, as the chant goes, you know, Preston came a calling, right? And, and he could have gone and he didn't. So, so you know, he's, he's been revered for that. Uh, you know, from the beginning and then obviously for what he achieved. You know, I've seen Stoke fans on Twitter and obviously that's, a, you know, not necessarily a great representative sample of anything these days or whatever, but, um, you know, who are saying, I don't know who this guy is. This is a terrible appointment. You know, we want someone like Steve Cooper, as if he would go there um, at this moment in time, you know, but like, yeah, people who are not happy with the appointment, he's, he's going to have it all to prove and very, very quickly. And yeah, I think it's going to be a rude awakening for him. I think even if he kind of, expect that on a kind of intellectual level like he knows it's going to be a tough challenge i think actually experiencing that is going to be very is going to be a very very big transition from what he's got here yeah um jack says has anybody got derek adams number i think he's got the wrong podcast there um i think that's another uh output um they, they might have it they might have it um yeah i mean i just obviously let's moving on then um Obviously, every manager backs themselves, right? And is there? Oh, sorry about that. Oh, come on, um, Aaron, sort it out. Yeah, I know, I know, it's bad, it's bad. Obviously, five years since Stoke dropped from the Premier League, and they've, they've ploughed through four managers since: uh, Gary Rowett, Michael O'Neill, Nathan Jones, and Alex Neil. Um, obviously, we're, I, I suppose we've sort of covered this, John. But like every manager backs themselves, right? But surely there's like. Do you, do you see him in any way being able to actually turn Stoke around, or is it is it just pure fallacy? I mean, he might, of course, he might. You know, like it's not it's not impossible. But I think these things are. I would be thinking about this if it were me in his shoes as a percentage game, and I would look at those managers who have gone in. And it's not just two of those, you know, very good, experienced managers who have failed there. It's not even just three of them. It's all of them. It's a hundred percent failure record, basically. Um, certainly in terms of what the overall objective is, which is to get them up. Obviously, they've had better and worse seasons within that time, but things have gone really downhill lately. Um, you know, and I would look at that and think, well, what? why is that? And maybe he's raised that in his interview with with Coates and Coates has said, oh, you know, well, I'm, you know, we brought in this, this sporting director or whatever and, and sort of, um, you know, that there are tangible things that we're doing. Maybe Shuey is has heard those assurances that obviously we're not in a position to be able to hear and, and that's kind of, and that's convinced him. Um, maybe he genuinely thinks he'll be given time. Maybe that's an assurance he feels he's got. Um, but, you know, it just, it just feels a bit naive to me if, if that's the case. Um, otherwise it feels 
titanically arrogant to think you would be the one who would succeed where those others have failed, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I don't necessarily mean that in a, in a sort of negative way. Football managers have to back themselves. And yeah, you know, I, I think he's obviously the evidence so far with us suggests that he is an outstanding young managerial talent who has hugely outperformed expectations. He, he could absolutely do it again. But I think it's going to be much, much harder, you know, than taking a much, much harder than taking a club that was already on a kind of upward trajectory, generally speaking, and is well run and has a plan and where he can kind of slot in and, and sort of, you know, elevate that to the next level. That's going to be a lot harder than, um, you know, that's going to be a lot harder than I think going in and having to pick up the pieces. Because by the way, you know, they could go down at the moment. You know, it's not, they are, they are not safe by any means. Um, they have not been very good so far this season. They're below us in the table. And we're, and we're certainly, you know, a team that, absolutely everyone would be saying is still a team that could go down, you know, Wednesday and QPR have picked up recently, you know, it's a wide open relegation race. They are very much in it. It's not, he's not going into a situation where, you know, he's left us in the summer and it's suddenly next year. And, you know, he's got a whole summer to build a squad and, and have a, and have a blank slate. You know, I think that this job would be hard enough if that was the case because, because of the expectation, but he's got to go in and, and effectively kind of, we're probably not in firefighter territory yet right with them because it's so it's so early in the season but he's got you know he's got to steer them away first before he can then build on that and I think that's going to be a real challenge and I think it's a challenge he's not really had to confront before in his short managerial career right we've not you know since he took over we've not been in any in any relegation battles this season again I don't think we're really can be said to be in a battle in the sense that it's like we've been in the kind of QPR Wednesday situation where we're now desperately trying to claw our way back we've been you know, sort of consistently picking up points. We've not really been streaky this season. It's been a, about where you'd expect us to be, you know, according to probably the, the good end of those expectations so far. He's now got to go in and, and, and effectively do a job that's, that's very different to that, with a very different vibe and very different circumstances. And I think it's, yeah, it's going to be very difficult. Um, and, you know, again, me saying that I, I don't think he'll, you know, but the, the likelihood is he probably won't do very well there is not me doubting his ability as a manager. It's me saying that if you look at the other managers who've gone there, who I also like, they haven't done well either. So I don't, I don't yeah. think he's so, so generationally good that he is better than some of those other names that have gone in, or at least at this stage of his managerial career that we can be. So I guess, so I guess that's, where I, that's where I kind of sell on that. Yeah, I'd kind of agree, like, with what you're saying there is so and sort of touching on what I've already said it's like I would much much like much more understand his decision had he made this in the summer because if it's a reset season Stoke have stayed up say and then he's got a new budget he can come in fresh in the summer ideas he's kept Argyle up Right, perfect scenario. He's kept this up. Stoke stay up as well, and then he can go there and plan. He's now, he's now actually entered a job where the team is currently below the club he's just left. Yes, by three points, but we literally beat them in the league about two weeks ago, and they weren't very good. Um, and and now he's he's put uh put us in jeopardy really because we are. We are, you know, going into a very busy period in in the season and about to embark on a on a, I would say pretty crucial um January transfer window in terms of our five year plan that we've just set out. Um and he's decided to leave us. So once again, that's a, that's that's why it's left a bit of taste in my, my mouth. That 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 speaks to me as somebody who's actually been 
looking or at least decided for a while that the first bit of money that's thrown at him he's going to take which you can't begrudge him the money but of all the all of the all of the comments that he's made about Plymouth Argyle have uh, before this point have suggested the opposite of that so it just is really quite confusing to me to be honest I can't I can't really remember because it's in the mists of time but like I'm pretty sure Leicester did not expect to go down to League One and people did not expect Leicester to go down to League One when Holloway took over there, which was about this, probably earlier in the season than we are now, right? I think it was November kind of time. Um, you know, he, he took over there well, well with, with enough time and enough kind of credit and, and recent success to steer them well clear of relegation and they went down. And, they're, and they are, you know, a bigger club than Stoke. <laughs> I think it's very fair to say. Um, it, it can happen. This can absolutely happen. That There is no no guarantee that they are you know, somehow we're more likely to go down them at the stage of the season. I just do not see that at all, because um, money is not is not absolutely everything into a success on the pitch, as we have seen time and time and time again. Um, yeah, huge, huge risk. Moving on to some of the questions that John your head slightly before we talk about Saturday and Nanskeville's and and Juice Lips Revolution. Um, starting with uh, PFC displays, obviously we've already mentioned it. Joe's already mentioned there's going to be they're, they're looking to do something in terms of a display to back Nanskeville on Saturday. Uh, he's going to need Home Park rocking anything. Anybody can be free. They are meeting at Home Park tomorrow evening at the Devonport end at five o'clock. Um, come and join us and help get Home Park ready. Um, Nick's asked, gents, what does this do for our transfer business? Some Players may have been lined up to play for Shuey. Now that he's left, they may not wish to sign. Is there any issue there, Joe, in, in the fact that um, top, maybe top, I, I appreciate the Stokes targets are going to be different to ours, but is there any any problem in which, you know, he takes that list with him? Um, I would say not. Um, without trying to pick up on, on the way the question's worded, um, the players are, would be coming to play for Argyle. They wouldn't be coming to play for Schumacher. The 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 way we play is the inverted commas, the Argyle way. Um yeah. yes, Shuey's had a Shuey's had a hand in in setting that up, but um it's pretty clear from Argyle's statement this evening that we're not going to abandon that principle. That is how we're gonna go forward and whoever the new man um coming in is will have to buy into that and fully immerse themselves into it. So in terms of player targets, I would accept that, you know, one or two um, may well have had conversations for Shuey and thought, yeah, I want to play for him and maybe this might put the spanner in the works. But as far as we can tell from the initial fallout of tonight's news, the director of football is staying, the head of recruitment is staying and the hell of football data is staying. So the three key integral members of our recruitment team are still in place. Um, and that is vitally important, as we mentioned, with the transfer window less than two weeks away from starting. So um, whilst it will be a bit of a blow to maybe one or two possible targets, um, I don't see it as a, a major issue moving into the month. Obviously, time will tell and a new man will come in and want his own players to fit fit our system. But um, I don't I'm not overly concerned at this stage about about our transfer window. I might be come three weeks in if we still only got Ben Wayne up front while Hardy's face stops swelling up and Bundu's legs not being re-stitched. But, um, you know, that's obviously the key area with a commanding centre half that we probably need to look at. But um, 
the January transfer window is is an important thing. And uh, no, John, I'm not from Joe Bell Bathrooms and Kitchens who sponsors every goal scorer, <laughs> it seems. Um, although I do like to take the, the credit when it's announced across the stadium. Um, yeah, going back to the original question, no, I don't think it will hamper our, our transfer dealings too much because the three main members of that department are still in, in situ. And that was vitally important from this from this decision. Yeah, I, I think I agree with what Joe, Joe said there. I think it's, I look, I'm not comparing us to, to Brighton um, in terms of where they are as a football club at the well, moment. Well, yeah, but they're the kind of, they're the, they're the kind of team I look at in terms of a team that has built a, a footballing identity and like from Potter to like De Zerbe, like it hasn't really changed. And I feel like whatever coach is going to come in for us, we're going to have, we're, we're looking for a coach who is going to fit that identity. Now, I don't know if we'll come on to this in a bit. I personally don't think Leighton Baines is, is, is the right choice right now for the... Don't give it away yet, Finn, for Christ's sorry, sake. Sorry, but like, know, People are going to turn off now. They, they already know the ending uh, of the film. Bloody hell. <laughs> well, that was poor. Uh, but I, for, poor for me. But, um, no, I, you know, I, I think we, you know, in all seriousness, we need to look, we need to look at somebody if we can, who, I don't know who that is. I mean, it's not my job to, to, to do that, but, you know, look at somebody who does have experience at a championship level, but it's also, I think I saw a, a comment in here that said, oh, not 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 a fossil i don't know if i'd put it like that but you know somebody that is if you know if i wouldn't have been against neil warnock for six months but if it's not a clearly the statement basically says like you said joe we're not going to deviate away from the way that we're already running things then we need to look for someone with a bit of experience i think i mean we're not, we're not, we're not, yeah we're not we're not talking about um Replacements just yet. I mean, we can move on to that, I suppose. But, like, I just don't see, and I know that you agree with me, John, because you, you I'm basically going to read what you put in the group chat and the fact that you said about, um, you know, Warnock is a pragmatist. He's going to look at what we do well and he, and he won't, he won't like, reshuffle the pack if, um, you know, too much. You know, he might make us a bit more solid defensively, but I don't see us losing that, like, direct style of, of counter-attacking football that we have under Warnock, I, you know. Um, I'm not against that. Going back to the statement quickly, then Joe um, Hallett has commented saying that we are naturally sorry to lose our a manager of Stevens potential, but he has decided to take a new role that sees uh, that he sees as the next step in his career. The work is already underway to find a suitable replacement to lead this great football club forward. We have made great strides over the last few years in ensuring that we have an organisation of football philosophy that can withstand a change in personnel. The result has been a style of football that I and all fans have enjoyed watching and um, which will continue. Um, obviously, uh, I mean, it would have helped if I searched it before. Joe, I can imagine you've got the current betting odds. Um, on our, are, you you trying, are you trying to say I've got a gambling problem, Aaron, or something? No, just just you're you're the man in the know about these things. Um, um, yeah, I mean, the, the point from Uncle Simon's statement is that the process is already underway. Um, which does sort of potentially, I mean, I know they could say the process is underway and they could only be up there now with a Pizza Hut delivery, writing a load of names down on an A4 pad. Um, but, you know, similar to 
succession planning when it comes to um you know big big thing big corporations and things there's always a dossier somewhere regardless of how long your manager is going to stay in place there's always some a document somewhere that will have a list of names that gets constantly updated and i you know they will obviously check that on a regular basis that's just um, football manager isn't it that's that's all i, it heard is, Jimmy yeah. I mean yeah yeah i think that's all jimmy and ross do in their office is just play football manager and look for who's good on their current saves um no i'm not i'm not discrediting their work they do a fantastic job um but look it's they'll have they'll know um and the likelihood is is that the name that they've got at the top of their list with highlighted and got circles around it is probably not even on bet victor's current betting market um because that was what it was with ryan low i remember when when low was coming in after adams it was only until what 48 hours before low came in that alan nixon broke the story that anyone had even considered Ryan Lowe. I don't think anyone even thought it would happen when we first heard it, when he first appeared in the betting all those years ago. So um, don't be, um, whilst I accept that Leighton Baines is currently, or last time I looked, he was the very short-priced favourite. You've got to remember, you've got to remember this market was only formed late last night. Um, and it it could take £2.50 for somebody's price to suddenly tumble. You know, it's so early in the market that it's not going to take a huge amount of money on a certain name for it to come in. So I wouldn't get carried away just yet. I think um, I said this earlier today um, on one of the interviews I gave that it's important that they get the right man here. It has to be the right man, not just to keep us in the championship, but to take us to the next level. We could go out and find a man who's going to keep us in 21st place every year. That's probably easily done. Um, but we need to find a man who's going to have us as a minimum of 21st place this year. For what it's worth, I think we'll be considerably higher than 21st place this year. But then we need... Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The man who's going to take us higher up the league next year and then higher up the year after. Similar to what they did with Ryan, similar to what they did with Shoot Stephen. They they managed to take it that year on year progression. Um you mean so get us up find... you mean get us up a bit next year, piss off to Hull, somebody come in, get us up yeah. a bit further next year. And then year, go to then go to year. then go to Blackburn and then yeah. the year after that they can go to Blackpool or something and what have you. Um but nice. yeah I mean that's that's what it is. It's it has to be the right man, but equally it also has to be a smooth but quick appointment. I don't think this can be a recruitment process that drags on and on and on um, for the reasons already highlighted. We've got three games coming up in 
in next to no time at all. We've got an important FA Cup game that, whilst on paper, looks incredibly winnable. You know, strange things happen in Cup games. Strange things happen when Sutton United play an FA Cup game. Um, and all of a sudden, we may well have a target on our back with what's happened this afternoon. Um, you know, and then there's January on... is If one of West Brom or us gets through in the FA Cup, January is just Huddersfield and Cardiff. They're two massive games in the context of our season before we go into another tough run of games after that. So it has to be the right man. I have full faith in the team up there that they are going to get the right man. It's going to be data-driven. I think Simon talked, didn't he, when Ryan came in, that there was a 15-point a metric or something that they scored the managers against, um, who they interviewed, and Ryan was the outstanding candidate. It will be something similar here. There will be a checklist that every manager will have to go through that they interview. Um, and whoever comes out highest on the scores will get the job and I will fully back them. Um, you know, maybe one or two through gritted teeth if the names on the betting list at the moment are to be believed. Um, but they will have my full support because I fully, um, I think it's, I think it's been 20 odd years in a row now that Steve Cottrell has been the favorite at a certain point to become Argo manager. Bless him. So, I like Steve. Good, so the good, next good year, work, as... like manager. As Jack said in the chat, um, eighteen plus gamble aware. Yeah, and the fun stops. Stop, like genuinely, don't do not bet on mm. managerial fucking no, positions. Don't do it. Lose money, it's pointless. They're, they're never. It. It's never the right one. Let's be honest. And by the time it's the right one, the odds are far too short for you to actually even make any money anyway. But enough about that. Currently with Bet Victor, uh, Leighton Baines is four to six on. I believe I've said that the right way around. Don't I'll, I should pound, pound on, a, on an acker every now and then? Uh, Steve Cottrell, um, who departed Shrewsbury uh, last um, five to one, Nathan Jones six to one, Michael Duff eight to one, John Eustace, Nigel Pearson, Neil Warnock all sit a bit lower, um, Alex Neal's 20 to one, Gary Rowett, Tony Mowbray, Carl Robinson, Sean Maloney, uh, no thank you, uh, Paul Hackingbottom 25 to one, Scott Brown, that would. Definitely go with the no dickhead rule. Um, uh, Ruben Sellers is on this list for some reason. Uh, Steve Bruce. Now that's what we'd like to see. Steve Bruce in. Um, on, on that, moving on to moving on to the the managers. Then, uh, Kuzner asks, who would you appoint right now? I think if it was me, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Machinio or however you pronounce it would would be lovely. Mainly just to annoy Portsmouth fans more. Um, but I think I'd like a I'd like um, Lee Carsley. I think I think that would fit the role of nose nose juice dip quite well. Um, attacking football, uh, good with young talent. Um, well, you have to be if you manage the under 18s or the under 23s, don't you? Um, don't really get a chance for senior pros. Um, and I think he would um, fit the left field appointment and also uh, somebody that we would like to give time in the role and I feel like he might appreciate that time a little bit more than some others but you know it's all it's all uh hearsay isn't it who would you go for John um first I'd be very surprised if Carsley left his job as he's, he's, in, he's England under 21 manager now right yeah he is yeah I do, not think, I do not think he's leaving that job to manage us um and just quickly on the betting odds before I answer the question um 
I think it goes to show like how stupid these odds are at this stage, given that Baines is very clearly being linked because of an Everton connection with Juznip and Cottrell is being linked because quite literally just because he has a West Country accent, right? Like, they cannot possibly... And it's, and it's every time the job comes up, yeah. Steve Cottrell is favourite. Yeah, and I remember like actually wanting Cottrell back in like 2008 when that would have been a good appointment, but like, come on. Like, it's not... It's just... It's, it's, I, think, I struggle to think of anyone less likely, honestly, like just from a footballing point of view at this moment in time to, to get the job. So, yeah, with the, with the huge caveat that like Joe is probably right, this is going to be some random name where we're like either who or like oh oh them that's interesting uh and, and with the second caveat that like joe i also have total total faith in the backroom staff who are still there and and um Hallett and Juznip to get this right and then they have they know obviously a huge amount more than me about these things and would you know make a much better appointment than, than i would if i was left to my own devices but my answer to the question belatedly is is tony mowbray would be my number one choice um i think just doesn't, has- just doesn't come south of birmingham well, I do, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I, you know, I have question marks as to whether we can afford him or if he'd want to come here. Uh, I think he could probably do better than us. But I think that obviously, he, I think he has a dual dividend, Mowbray, in, in our current circumstances, which is he is a battle-hardened championship manager who has been around the block, knows how to keep teams up and do much better than that, um, knows the level incredibly well, has good contacts with the January transfer window coming up. Um, but I think he's also someone who, while kind of personally quite doer, um, actually plays very good football. I mean, uh, his Sunderland team basically played the same way that we do, which is extremely attacking style with, um, you know, tricky wingers and kind of little attacking movement in behind the, the striker. We all saw that when they came down to home park the other week. And obviously the big issue they had was a, was a lack of cutting edge up front, but I don't think that's necessarily Mowbray's fault. Um, obviously had to sell Ross Stewart on deadline day, clearly didn't get an opportunity to replace him properly. Um, I think with Hardy and Bundu eventually, and, and then pretty much be a striker coming in in January, um, he would have he would have you know more more potency up front. Um, obviously, he's a manager who came in at Sunderland last year after Neil went to Stoke, uh, and the fans weren't particularly keen on him, and he got them to the playoffs, which was a little bit fluky because I think it was a lower points total than you would normally need to finish sixth. But I mean, even being in that conversation for a manager coming in partway through the season to a club that only just come up from League One. Is, is a phenomenal achievement. So that's, that's kind of his short-term record. And I think obviously longer term, we all know he's been around the block and done a lot of really, really good things. Um, Strike me as a very decent guy who obviously knows the game inside out. Um, and so, yeah, I just think, you know, in terms of, um, in terms of both, um, you know, the, the, the Argyle way, so to speak, on the pitch, but also just having that bit of experience, it, it would seem like a low-risk appointment and also potentially an incredibly exciting one. Um Again, I, I, I would be surprised if we were able to pull that off. But if we could, um, he would be that. He would be absolutely my first choice of, of those who are available. Yeah, Joe. But Joe, before you jump in, obviously Richard Sloman says, "Would Nathan Jones fit the no D head rule?" Don't know what that short's for. Uh, surely he would be the man to go for success in this league on a limited budget. I know um, if if Richard had asked that question first, I'd have asked that to John because I know Sam would be head over heels with uh, Mister Jones. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he probably wouldn't, fit. I mean, look, I'm not going to say it. Um, you know, Nathan Jones is a, is a brash personality. Um, he's very abrasive. He will clash with people wherever he goes. Um, at Luton, he had success and, you know, that was his gift. It worked well for him. Um, on terms of the other two names that he mentions, I'm sort of a little bit more ambivalent towards John Eustace than a lot of people. 
um, only because I read a few things about from Birmingham fans just about the the way that Birmingham were playing towards the end of his time there. Um, and actually, when he first went in, there wasn't a an overall manager bounce. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong, the start of the season Birmingham had was outstanding. Um, get yourself off the screen. Stop playing up to the viewers. Um, in terms of Gary Rowett, I wouldn't, again, I'm quite ambivalent towards that. I thought he did a, a really good job at Millwall for, for the majority of the time he was there. Um, I accept that this season it sort of wasn't going his way, but, um, you know, that happens in managers' careers. Um, in terms of who I would want, um, there are two names, really. There's there's one from a sort of romantic side of it. Um, I sort of see it, it would be written in the stars, six-month contract. He has absolutely no control over transfers or anything, and he's told that on May, regardless of what happens, he's walking out the door. Um, but there's there's the romantic in me that would love to see Neil walk off into retirement after keeping Argyle up. Um, and there are some there are some real points that would see this work in the fact that he has seen us play a lot in the last eighteen months um, when he's not been employed by somebody else. Um, he has an unbelievable record of pulling a club together in a tricky patch, galvanising them and keeping them in this division. Um, he is only half an hour over the bridge or wherever he is nowadays. Um, you know, there is a lot of th reasons why Warnock would work. There are several reasons why it wouldn't work. Um, similar to Jones, he has a personality that would clash with several people. Um, and it would sort of go away from the young, the young mantra that we have. Um, and would he, I know he's famous for his style of football, um, I think he's wise enough to know not to come in and completely turn the place upside down. As I say, he's watched every home game since he's left Huddersfield. He sees how we play. He sees our strengths. He would know um, not to not to change, try and change it all around quickly. But my choice actually would be, and this is a man I have an immense amount of respect for, um, and I know that a lot of people probably aren't going to agree with me, would actually be Michael Duff. Um I know that Swansea didn't work out as planned, but I think for for a lot of people, the writing was on the wall even before he went in there. It was a very strange um, appointment by Swansea where they were going. Um, but I can also the job just quickly say on the theme of disrespect for other clubs that we've been going on, their fans treated him absolutely disgustingly. Yeah, they did. They one. did. Yeah, totally agree with that. And I mean, he didn't help himself losing the derby and it was the first derby they'd lost for God knows how long. Um, I accept all of that and that played against him, but he did an unbelievable job at Cheltenham. Um, I think it's only now that it's really being appreciated just the work he was doing at Cheltenham. Um, and that season at Barnsley last year, it was one season that he went in there. That club was all over the place. It was a basket case of a club when he went in there. And they came down here on the opening day. They got beat 1-0. And very quickly, he turned that place around. And he had them finishing like a train in the second half of the season. They were always the team I was most worried about in pipping us to an automatic promotion spot last year. It was never Sheffield Wednesday, because I always thought there was something about... Wednesday that where it all go tits up a little bit. I was always fearful of Barnsley. We went there in March and I know if Hardy takes his chance at the start at the start of the second half, it could be a different game. They swatted us to one side in that second half in March. Um I really like the way he sets his teams up. And if you put a line through 
that few months at Swansea, Michael Duff is a really attractive proposition. Um, I think he would buy into everything that we do as a football club. I think he would certainly buy into um, the way we operate with the data-driven, the way we do our transfer policy, whether or not Morgan Whitaker would would necessarily agree with it. But I don't necessarily think it was Michael Duff was the reason that Morgan Whitaker left Swansea. I think he's quite open about the fact that he had the utmost respect for Michael Duff. It was just the fact he couldn't stay there for his sake, for his partner's sake, for the, the good of him. He had to get out of that building and obviously he's come to Home Park. So I think that wouldn't be a problem. He knows what Home Park is like. He knows how difficult a place it is to come here to get a result. He, he knows what our support is like as well. Um, I think, if I remember rightly, he actually made a comment about it in March when we went up there, because that was the snow weekend, wasn't it, where everyone was advised not to leave your homes, and yet we still took nearly a 1,000 what it was to North Yorkshire. So um, Michael Duff would be at the forefront of my mind, um, just because I think it would fit with every mantra we need. But if it's going to be somebody left field like it, it probably is going to be, then I'm all for it anyway. But Duff with my head, but there'd be some sheer comedy about Warnock coming in and just shit out in the next 24 league games and keeping us in the division. I also, I don't know if this is still the case because I feel like it's been a while since I read this, but I think Duff is actually still based in Cheltenham. Um, okay. I, know, I, know he did, I know that at least for a time last season, he did not move to Barnsley because his kids were in school and they were settled. I think he was, I think he was open about that in the media that he was commuting from Cheltenham to Yorkshire, which basically like if one of the, you know, if one of the huge problems that we've always experienced is, um, you know, managers or, and players not wanting to come down here because it's so far from, you know, where they're from in the North kind of makes a refreshing change. He's a manager who won't leave the Southwest and is, is commuting up North rather than vice versa. Um, so yeah, just on the kind of cultural stakes, not that it's necessarily the most important thing, but I do actually think Duff has um, at the very least, obviously a recent home base in this, in roughly this part of the world, if not, if not still does. So yeah, maybe they were they were they were incredibly unlucky, or he can count himself incredibly unlucky that he is not playing champion managing in the championship this year with Barnsley, um, because of the way they got to the final and how they played in that final. They were incredibly unlucky. It was criminal that Sheffield Wednesday went on to win that game. Um, so I I really do think, and to be honest with you, the thought only cropped into my head today. I've been very much pinning me. Um, flag to the mast about the whole Warnock romantic survival waltz off into retirement um, frame of mind. But the more and more I think about it, the just the more and more it screams Michael Duff to me. Yeah, at least as well, Michael Duff will only really leave us for what, Bristol City? Is that closer to home if he lives in Cheltenham? So, um, and to be honest... Club legend at Burnley, isn't he, if Vincent Company walks out? Yeah, I suppose, I suppose. Um Casey Bishop says that he's very concerned about our preparation on Saturday. Oh, sorry, Finn. Who would you appoint? Um, I mean, I think you've already heard that. I would say not Leighton Baines right now. Uh, I don't. I don't really know. I, I think. I think I would be for. Uh, just, just, just for context. Apparently, Leighton Baines has Everton's under 18s bottom of the league. So, oh, yeah. So, so the problem with that, very quickly. Sorry, Finn. Just to quickly jump in on that point. The problem with that is. Judging somebody on their under-18 season is very tricky to do because you don't know the players that he has his disposal. 
we all know how academies work. One year you could have six or seven wonder kids and you could dominate the league and win every game you play. The next year you might not have that. It might not be the best crop and you might struggle. So it might just be the conveyor belt that Everton are on, but um, it's certainly a worrying stat. Sorry, Finn, I'll stop jumping yeah, over you every time you try to speak now. <laughs> it's all right. Um, no, it's... I. Well, yeah, I think for more, more with Baines is more. It's more like uh, it'd just be a bit too much of a risk for the for the position we are on that right now. Uh, you know, we're in quite a delicate position in the championship. I think we have the capacity to stay up, but we are no means out of out of trouble. Um, so I, I I don't know about Messino because again, it, it, it's 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 one season, but that would be a. a, a, a uh, a sort of statement intent of intent if we could do that. Um, now that Joe has talked about Michael Duff, um, I, I think it's making more sense. But to be honest with you, 48 hours, 48 hours ago, I had no idea that Stephen Schumacher was, was going to leave Plymouth Argyle anytime soon, especially when you consider the uh, the um. The comments he he made last week, where I thought, okay, he's batted off the Sunderland rumours, and uh, he'll go at the end of the season or something. Um, so I, I'm still kind of analysing really who I'd like. Um, but if you ask me right now, because I don't really see any uh, candidates out there that really take my eye, um, I would have said Warnock for six months, and then and then have a look here. We can we can. Uh, uh, during the season, but I appreciate having a look at that statement. That that's probably not going to be the case. Um, Disperta, I, I I'm going to guess that this isn't your real name, but Disperta Parabellum. Has uh, Steve Cooper been mentioned? It's not going to happen, is it? That's just lunacy. He's been mentioned. In, he's been mentioned in South London around Selhurst Park. I would imagine, um, Why? which is probably a more likely destination than Home Park. Yeah, well, we'll take Roy Hodgson then. Um, why are you not talking about Nigel Pearson? Ticks a lot of boxes. He, I mean, he does. He does in the same respect that Warnock probably does. But again, similar to Warnock, there's similar characteristics that might hold him back. He's oh. he's a personality that clashes with people. Um, he's probably not of the right, not trying to be ageist in how we're going to approach our recruitment, our manager recruitment process but he's probably not of the right age demographic um and it you know i i, I respect nigel pearson i think he's had a very good career um but I, i'm not sure that we would be the right step for him if he wants to get back into management i i would take nigel pearson for six months in the same way that i would take neil warnock for six months because i believe nigel pearson has a property around ivy bridge or somewhere like that so I mean, I mean, he's very, he's got a very good, very good, you know, record in the championship. But yeah, the long term, I don't think. And by by again, by the looks of the statement, we're not going to deviate much away from what we're already doing. But I I, I think an appointment like Nigel Pearson long term would cause more friction than it's worth, probably for the board. Having having a good friend who's a Bristol City fan and having been around, you know, been to a few games, away games with him, been just sort of generally around fans of that club during the Pearson era, he is but he was both very, very well liked by the fans and clearly had a good rapport with them. And I think, you know, it was basically saying I'm gonna stay around in the pubs of Bristol after he was um, sacked or walked out or whatever, and I'm you know, I'm gonna sort of talk to people and that's great. Um 
also though to me it, it just seemed very stagnant around there um it didn't seem like there was a lot of excitement you know it didn't seem like there was a lot of optimism some weeks they play well and win other weeks they would play really really badly and lose they were fairly streaky at a club, you know, and obviously, you know, would we take that and finish 13th this season? Yes, of course. Obviously, it's a different challenge with us, you know, to, to with a club that have a much bigger budget and, and have been established um, at this level for quite a number of years now. And also had, you know, during that time, players like Antoine Semenyo and Alex Scott, who have now gone off to the Premier League. I think Semenyo is actually regularly starting for, for Bournemouth now in the Premier League. So, you know, incredibly exciting young talent. I'm not saying we don't have players like, you know, who could be that good, but probably not at that stage right now. Um, so I think there'd be less to kind of fall back on. And yeah, I don't know. I, I feel we need an appointment to sort of like, as Joe said, galvanise people, energise the place. Ultimately, you know, this, this appointment is going to make us feel like we are being written off once again as a small club. And the irony of it is everything that Shuey said in the dressing room after we got promoted, his departure sends that message, right? You know, that we've that essentially we've been written off as a project by... Um, you know, by someone who who clearly has you know the ambition to lead a project that can get to the Premier League. I think we need an appointment that is going to scream. You know, that is either going to be a huge statement of intent or a very canny appointment from someone who the data suggests can kind of lead that project. And I just don't see Pearson in that in that sense. It almost felt like the Bristol City. It was just kind of managed to climb right, never never get bad enough to the point where you might actually be in danger of going down, but also finish seventeenth or eighteenth every year. Um, at a club that for me has a lot of potential and is itself kind of a sleeping giant right it just didn't didn't it, it just doesn't seem like a good a good fit for us at this moment in time and 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 to um Finn's point I actually and, and Joe's point I guess I do actually see the, the value of kind of a, a Warnock appointment for six months this is absolutely you know before people start screaming in the comments this is not me saying I would necessarily do that or be cross if we don't do it but I see the logic in that, but if you're going to appoint someone, you know, in that in that capacity to go to the end of the season and kind of be a steward of the project, then hand it off to someone who might be a bit of a risky appointment now, why would you not give it to Warnock? Why why would you go for Nigel Pearson or someone like who doesn't know the club as well? Warnock knows, as Joe said, knows the club very well, both historically and at the moment, he's been to a lot of games and been in and around Hallett, and is someone who galvanises teams, and is someone who obviously has an impeccable track record of keeping teams in this league. Um, mm. So. It's just if you are going to go for that, you know, and again, I'm not again, I'm not absolutely saying that I would, this would be my preferred course of action. But if you are going to go for that kind of bridge to next season approach, I really don't see the point of doing it with anyone other than Warwick. It's also very classic Argyle, isn't it? It's like, oh God, who can we get back? Frio, where's Frio? Go get Frio. Like, but I, but I, I don't, don't necessarily think that way with Warnock because the, the, obviously if we got, if we get Warnock into the outside pundit class, it's going to look like we've pressed, we've smashed the, oh dear, like, we've smashed the break glass in case of relegation uh, box, right? And like, it's a terrible negative appointment and we're just going to play hoofball and try and shit house one nil wins. It, it's, and, and, you know, that, that was a fair assessment of him going into Huddersfield and it would, would have been a fair assessment of him going into Rotherham if he got that job two weeks ago, for example. With us, it's not, it's, it's differently coded almost because he knows the club and the area and and because his job would be different, right? It wouldn't be a firefighting job at this point in time, but it would be a job where, you know, we need to ensure that we stay in this league. And as Joe said, I think Aaron Hughes actually said earlier, quoting me from the group chat, I think this idea is this kind of troglodyte long ball merchant is is because that is the only way he has been able to get a, a tune out of certain teams that were in a very, very bad situation, right? He's not going to go into, with, with actually respect, 
somewhat uh, for, for the first time uh, tonight for Huddersfield, you know, with their squad, he was not going to be able to go in there and get them playing scintillating football. Um, it was going to be quite stodgy. And by the way, they actually, I thought they actually scored some good goals and had some nice kind of attractive wins when he was there last season. But but it was kind of built on a, you know, on a being good at set pieces, if I, if I remember correctly, and, and being quite solid defensively. Yeah, I... Sorry. I just, just finish with the man, the man is a pragmatist, first and foremost. He is not going to look at Whitaker and Azaz banging in screamers and say, you know, stop shooting, don't pass the ball to those two and score goals. He's going to say, yeah, go and try and score goals, but, you know, enjoy it by being fucking disciplined. Um, right? You know, like th- there is room in this squad and I think untapped potential for us to just be a bit tired at the back. And, and that actually could be a way, especially away from home, to getting more results, even if it does sacrifice just like one, you know, one to five to maybe 10% of the attacking intent. You know, this idea that Warnock would come in and, and tear everything up, um, you know, when it, this, this, including the stuff that has been working, I just don't think is how he operates. Again, this is this is not me advocating it per se. Like, I understand why people are leery of an older older appointment or an appointment for a limited period of time. But, like, those would be my objections and questions, not, you know, Warnock is a dinosaur, you know, who's going to play bad football. I, actually, like, my objection to Pearson would probably be more, maybe not the football part of it, but the sort of dinosaur part of it, but that would be more my objection to, to him, I guess. Yeah, before yeah. we move on to the, the preview pod then, um, no, sorry, before we move on to talking about Saturday, because I had to scrap the preview pod, so thanks for that 45 minutes of content that we'll never see the light of day about Stephen Schumacher um, being good friends with Wayne Rooney. Um yeah, class. Um, 45 minutes, I'll never get back. Uh, just a quick from, from Cassian Blackmore, who just says, does this now free up some budget to get Finn as in January? I suppose um, Stoke could potentially pay more, right? I, I hate I hate to be the doom monger on this, but it's more important that we get a manager than sign Finn as permanently, I would think. I disagree. Okay, that's fine. Glad football is all about opinions. Yeah. Um, Disperta, our mate, again, says, uh, also, what about the rest of the staff? Goal co- uh, goalkeeper, coach, assistant manager and first team coach are all gone. Where does that leave us? Uh, obviously, in terms of backroom staff, I know we were speaking earlier. I know um, Ben is a, is a massive fan of Will Still for some reason, seems to think we can we can go and get him. And, and you know, I, I appreciate his side of the argument. I, I can't see that one. But does it actually help us in a way that we don't have all the staff there, that we can bring in a manager who could bring in some of their men or women and build around that does that you know obviously we've lost this this peter i can't say his name for the life of me this peter Cavan, him Kavanagh. yeah Kavanagh. um he was he was sort of semi-touted as the next uh schumacher right in line but um i don't know if that was just sam talking but like you know a clear out of some of the backroom staff but it is yeah um, just quickly on that, that note Aaron. We haven't discussed uh, Justin Cochran. Who's that? Can we not discuss uh, Justin Cochran? Because uh, it's just no. Let's move on. Look, no. Sam spent a lot of time. Sam spends at least five minutes googling who is first team coach at Brentford earlier this year. Aaron. Right. Brilliant. Well, okay. Well, we'll give that some credence if his name even makes a list of. Uh, on that A4 piece of paper that's jotted down in, in Neil Jusnet's uh, iPhone notes or whatever. Um, sorry, where was I going? Does, does it clear out slightly, Joe or Finn? Um, does that help us in our recruitment? Does that give us a platform that we could hire somebody that previously wouldn't, that you know, can bring some of their staff in? 
Uh, I think the key here is, uh, you know, we lost Stephen Schumacher. This is what this is all about. But we have actually we kept the core of our sort of football. So I, I, I don't actually. I was going to say this, but I don't know how to not sound. This is not derogatory to Neil Dusnip, but Neil Dusnip has spent the last uh, three or four years since he came into the club working with people that he knows very, very, very well. Like, I mean, I, I believe he's talked about how, you know, um, he used to coach Stephen Schumacher as a youth player at Everton when he was eight years old. So, He's had a connection with people where he's been able to work with them and develop. He's been able to work with them, but also develop them themselves as managers. Um, and I, I, I'd be interested to see, like how, he, whether, he, how much influence he has himself over the appointment. I know he's the director of football, but what I mean by that is whether he looks at a. <laughs> a managerial candidate and then looked at their backroom staff and goes, well, I don't actually like their backroom staff or I might like their backroom staff, so let's bring this manager in. You know, so I think it all kind of depends. I don't know whether it helps us or not, really. It kind of... I I, I wouldn't be able to definitively answer that question right now because, like I said, 48 hours ago, I didn't even realise this was going to be the situation we'd be in. Yeah, moving on, moving on to Saturday then. Obviously, Casey says that he's very... Uh, I'm very concerned about our preparation on Saturday, uh, John. Um, I suppose we can't really speculate about how it's going to go. Obviously, Juicenip and, and um, Nance Cavill are in, in the, the Roman Lario and Carl Fletcher role. Um, they might be slightly more experienced than them. Um, how, how do you see Saturday going now? Obviously, ideally, Home Park will be absolutely rocking. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not ideal preparation, right? Like your manager and half the backroom staff walking out at the beginning of the week. Um, I'd say a few things to sort of, you know, counter that very obvious fact. Number one, it's happened early in the week. This could have dragged out until Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with contract negotiations or what have you. But it's done. It's public. It's in the past. You know, not emotionally at the moment, but, you know, the actual announcement is in the past. We've got, you know, the best part of a week now to to move on um, and, and try and prepare for the game. You know, this, this has been very obvious. This was happening since yesterday. Obviously, it's now happened. So, yeah, so, so that's, you know, three good days to, to get on the training ground and prepare for it. Um, obviously, Nance Cavill has, I believe, taken the team before. It was him who was in charge for the Scunthorpe game, right, at the end of the, which was obviously a much more important game than the Birmingham <laughs> game in the sense that, you know, survival was directly on the line and we won that game and looked really good. Uh, obviously, it didn't. Uh, yeah, didn't do enough um, to keep us up, but did what was asked of him in that in that game. So it's not like a role he's not been thrust into before with with high pressure uh, at home park. So he'll know, you know, he'll know what that feels like. And obviously, <clears throat> is someone who loves the club, you know, knows what the as someone I think said in the comments earlier knows what the club means to the city and the fans, um, and I'm sure has the respect of the players as well. So so I'm not really worried about it being in his in his hands from that from that point of view. But then I think also, you know, like it's it's going to be a game where there's going to be a lot of emotion really really hoping that the, the crowd will kind of you know sing like a you know a wounded tiger odd metaphor isn't it but you know uh, we'll, we'll you know, roar like a wounded tiger maybe would be more poetic um and i think we will you know i think that well i guess there's two ways it could go you know it could be a kind of nervy atmosphere and, and despondent but i'm hoping that people respond to this like those away fans who made the trip to mk dons for shuey's first game responded which is defiance you know kind of defiance and joy and 
you're not going to take our club away from us, you know, even if you kind of spit in our eye or kick us in the balls or whatever. Um, and, and so, yeah, we've got an opportunity to create that atmosphere on Saturday and I really, really hope that we do. Um, and obviously it's also a game where we're not, you know, we're not playing Leicester, we're not playing Ipswich, we're playing a team who have been honking since they made the completely baffling from a football perspective decision to fire their perfectly serviceable young manager who'd overachieved with them to this point and bring in a, a failing has-been manager, um, sorry, has-been player who is not going to have a good managerial career. And, and, you know, I don't even care if this gets clipped up particularly because, like, it's going to be true whether they beat us on Saturday or not. Um, you know, he's it, already gone toxic there. He's already chewing out the players in public. I believe they've only got points against Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham and Ipswich, bizarrely. Um, but I think that apart from Ipswich, they've only they've literally only taken... I think maybe they won a game uh, the other week, actually. But but until then, they'd only taken points off Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham and literally lost almost every other game. So, you know, we're playing them at a good time, which has not been the case for us with many teams this season. We've played a lot of teams at bad, at bad times, including them, actually, when we went up to St Andrews. Um, you know... Um, at the beginning of the season when they were really flying high in those very early early days. Obviously, that hasn't lasted. So, yeah, obviously, it's the championship. Anyone can beat anyone on their day. Obviously, Rotherham gave us a, a rollicking good game on, on Saturday with 10 men after being pretty poor without uh, with 11 men on the pitch. So you can never really predict exactly what's going to happen and certainly wouldn't want to be complacent about it. But it's a huge opportunity to, you know, create a bear pit kind of atmosphere and for the players to, you know, to have a platform, that, you know, to, to show what they can do, um, to show that, you know, their manager was wrong to leave and wrong to doubt that they were a project worth staying for um because if i were them i would be angry as hell right now and i don't won't claim to know what any of them are feeling particularly but um or, or certainly you know it would hope they would empathize with the fans who feel angry as hell and they've got opportunities to go out there and you know put well put things right actually really not a lot was is you know is wrong until shoe has gone performance wise but you know to, to continue to climb up the table continue this kind of good run of form that we're on and, and yeah and then sort of make a statement. Um, so, yeah, so, so yeah, well, long way of answering the question, I guess, but, but while obviously the lack of preparation is not ideal, sometimes that can be compensated for with, um, with, um, you know, what this game will mean and kind of other kind of intangible factors like that. So I'm not, I'm not particularly worried about, you know, the effect this might have um, for Saturday. It's not ideal, but we've got to play the game. And, and I think, you know, there are things that could go in our favour with it as well. I think John's made a few very good points there, um, actually. And I know, shark horror. Um, and I'm going to start off with the obvious one, that we all know that the players were in London on Sunday having their Christmas party. Um, so they wouldn't have... Apparently so, yeah. Um, so they wouldn't have travelled back until yesterday. So today is the first day of training. And if you watch all the behind-the-scenes videos of you know, inside Argyle and, and things like that, that the club put out, Nanskeville is very hands-on at training anyway. Um, so I don't amass, this is the first day of training week for this game. They wouldn't have done any prep for Birmingham until they came in this morning. Um, by the time they came in, I have absolutely no doubt they will have known. By the time they left London, they may well have known. Um, so in that respect, I'm not overly concerned on the point of Nance's record against Scunthorpe. I think that's a very important game to raise um, because that that week, remember how everyone felt leaving Accrington that day. I mean, I remember leaving Accrington that day wondering where the bloody hell we were going as a club. Um, and in the space of that week, he picked everyone up off the floor 
and he lifted them. And we went out there that day against Scunthorpe and we were outstanding. It was one of our better performances for the second half of the season. It should have been six that day. Let's be honest. We had every bit of woodwork in the stadium. Which would have kept us up, right? It would have, yeah. We went down on goal difference. You know, we I think yeah, we went down on goal difference. Also, you know, it gets a bit lost, but if Josh Morris hadn't cheated, then it's quite possible that we'd have kicked on and scored those those extra goals, in my opinion. But exactly. I mean, we were we were brilliant that day and he lifted the players and the atmosphere inside Home Park that day was very similar to what we're going to need on Saturday. Um, I think it was Chris Webb put out a tweet very early this morning um, when he was saying about um, the atmosphere that Birmingham are going to face, um, as if Home Park's not a difficult place to come anyway um, in the last few years, and particularly this season, where it really is a, a tricky place to come to. Um, you throw everything in that's gone on the last 48 hours. I would not want to be an opposing team coming to Home Park on Saturday, is my hope from an Argo point of view. Um, we have to make it incredibly difficult for them from the whole, from the start that the players get to the ground, it has to be instilled in them. And I have every faith from Nance that it will be instilled in them. And forget, I mean, don't forget Nance, because as Jack says there, he knows the club inside out, he knows the history. It's, it would be a specialist subject on Mastermind if we ever put him up to it. Um, he knows Plymouth Argyle. Forget that. Neil Jewsnip will have a standard that he accepts from, he will expect from this group of players. And if they don't hit that standard, he will tell them and he will hold them to that. We know what that standard is, particularly at home. We know the levels they have to get to. They know it as well. And I'd like to think they're a good group. They're a fantastic group. We don't have anything bad to say about them really as a as a collective with what with what they're achieving already this year because we are we are bad taste in fancy dress i was now from some from some um but they i have every faith that they will have the professionalism as john said and as i said a little bit earlier on this evening to say to people right this is our turn to prove that life goes on that our progress that we have worked so hard to get to this point, we can be the group of players that carries that on. And this club doesn't need an overhaul in the summer when the new manager's in to take us forward. They have to go out there and prove it on Saturday. I firmly believe they will prove it on Saturday. And I will love it if we beat Birmingham. Love it. Just just very quickly, um, Finazaz got subbed off by Schumacher, in my opinion, very questionably at QPR after Dan Scar um, was sent off. And came out on Saturday and had probably his best performance of the season, or one of them certainly, where he was most influential. That's what we're looking yeah, for. Agree. All of them, I think. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, uh, I, I think that you know, there's people like Joe Edwards in the dressing room as well, who is pretty much Mr. Plymouth Argyle now, isn't he? You know, he's been captain for that many years and is massively influential every time we play in terms of, you know, getting the players to. Getting player spirits up. I know it's cliche and stuff, but he's a very good captain, and I think he will. He's a proper leader for that side, and he he won't let anybody's heads go down. Um, I also think you know, you know, thank you very much, Stephen Schumacher, for everything you've done for us. But there is a lot more to Stephen Schumacher in this football club. Like there is a lot more people that have made this happen as well. It's not just him, and he will say that himself. You know. And 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 I think the fans have a massive part to play in the reason why we have been so successful in the last few years because we follow them every week up and down the country and we 
have given Ryan Lowe and Stephen Schumacher a lot of time to make mistakes and get better. Um, you know, fantastic job they both did. But, you know, we, we move on and I, I'm I'm optimistic for the future. I know it's a kick in the teeth, but I'm optimistic for the future and I don't see why this should be a time to kind of curl up into a ball and hibernate and stop the progress that 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 is happening you know i think i think i think i'm incredibly optimistic and and um provided we make the right appointment which again i concur with the other lads that you know we, we i'm have full faith in the board to make the right decision um we, we've got every reason to be be excited and and just and just look you know look forward to a to a new era without and that kind of low and Schumacher bracket because although Chewie has been brilliant, it was just a progression on 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 the last era. So so we haven't had any change for four or five years. So change always brings excitement. Well, quite often brings excitement. Yeah, I don't know if there's uh, anything else you guys want to add when, when we get an hour and a half or nearly an hour and forty five minutes into a pod. I sort of. Uh, we've ticked off all of my questions, so I don't know if there's anything else that you guys want to add. I don't think there's any questions that I've missed, really. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's yeah. I don't know what you guys want to add. I'm pretty um. Pretty it's, it's time to move on, Aaron. The past is the past. It's done. Exactly. It's time to it's time to move on, and it starts actually, on Saturday. I'm actually, more annoyed about the pods that um. We're moving to three pods a week, by the way, in the new year. If you don't, if you're not subscribed, go find us on all your major podcast platforms: your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts. Your we're on YouTube now, aren't we, Joe? Um, like us on Facebook. We're TikToking as well, aren't we? Exactly. There's literally a list in the bottom right-hand corner, and I've not followed it. Um, <clears throat> social icons of, of where you can find us. Go follow us on all of those. Um, social media platforms we'll be putting out this one there'll be a post uh birmingham reaction and then that's it until the new year um in which we will recap all three uh games uh, new year games uh, in one go um and we'll sort out Sutton and all of that but in the new year we're going to three pods a week there's some my argyle lice from um big names in the in the argyle world um coming out although i believe all, all of them talk about schumacher's greens so a bit more editing uh, to do or I'll just put a voice note at the beginning letting you all know um, oh we've got some more comments uh, no no songs about Shui on Saturday, score predictions for Saturday I think that's a bit silly um, three, really three, three, 3 0 Argo, I'll go for it yeah I've, I've gone um, I've gone 1-0 what, what have you gone Aaron yeah yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've gone 1 0 Birmingham I just, Jay Stanfield 89th minute 9th in the back no, um, Aaron, that already happened. That's, that's yeah, already happened. I know. We have him removed as host. Can we start a mutiny? Um, yeah. um, four, four, one, Argyle. I think it will be. I think they will be angry. I do. I agree. And I think they'll be hurting. Be, they'll be yeah, let down. Yeah. They'll be let down. Let down. Disappointed. Hurting. Do you, do, you think they, do you think they will be? Do you think they will be as angry though? But uh, as when like low went, I know. I appreciate like. I think footballers understand that there's no loyalty in football. And I think they understand that they're like people move on. I appreciate the likes of well, uh, now for you know mainly because of what Schumacher said and done. But like there's uh, there's a part of me that knows Schumacher definitely would not have left that squad without 
at least like some sort of at least some group call that said, you know, um, thanks guys, whatever. Unlike Lowe, who seemed to just jump straight in the straight in the car and head straight onto Preston. Like having said that, like I know I'm reading into social media here, but Mikhail Miller literally put a post up on Instagram like two days ago, which was a video of some guy throwing his phone when he looked at it back in a car, you know? Like, so he's obviously, like, that was a coded message, clearly. And that's a guy that's not very happy that the manager's left. Uh, yeah, that's not someone that's very happy. So if, if his reaction is anything, any got any resemblance to any of the rest of the squad, I do think they will be uh, annoyed, yeah. I hope they go out there on Saturday. They put Birmingham to the sword and Adam Randall gets the third or fourth goal and just runs up to the Devonport end, lifts up his top and has Why Always Us written on his Under Armour. If, if, you're, if you're watching Rands or somebody who's going to be at training tomorrow, put it in his mind. Yeah, I, also, okay. I also think that like maybe sometimes, and this is really based on nothing I should say, but, but, but you know, just common sense, I guess, that... We all sort of assume that players live in this kind of like separate world to the fans and it's all completely divorced and the fans have their takes and the players just think something completely different. Um, and I'm sure that's true on some things some of the time. But like they will probably won't have seen this coming. They might have had more advanced warning of it than us. I'm sure they sure they would have done, in fact. But um, there's nothing there's nothing to say that, you know, even if that's the case, that they've been hugely clip, you know, kept in the loop or clued in any more than we have. They may just have been feeding off the same media reports that we've been. I'm, so sure, I'm sure that Shuey hasn't been running every detail of his contract negotiation at Stoke past them. So um, <laughs> so there's that, you know, they might feel kind of blindsided as well. And I think, and on the same point, you know, like, I don't see why their reaction, like our reaction to Shuey is more hurt than when Lowe left, because we all, you know, bluntly expected that Lowe was a mercenary, was going to walk and go for the first job up north as soon as it came. And I'm sure that wasn't yeah. lost on the players either. Um, yeah, very true. I, don't, I don't think it's it would require an enormous conspiracy of deception for everyone to have been faking the incredibly good vibes and special moment that's been happening at this club over the last season and a half. The players will have bought into that. If they hadn't, we wouldn't have had the success that we did. We just wouldn't. And so for that to be shattered when you thought you had something really special, it can't not hurt, right? And will there be people in the squad who are maybe less invested than others and you know just think this is the way of the world and whatever and they don't care? Sure. But I'm sure there are a lot who will be hurting and who actually really do care about this. And who, by the way, you know, it's a very young squad. And so it's not like these players will have been around this kind of situation necessarily a ton, right? It's not like a, it's not like a squad of 35, 36-year-old mercenaries who have, you know, themselves jumped between 100 clubs in their career and, and have seen managers do the same. You know, a lot of them, Schumacher has been a really, really important figure for them because he's the one who's trusted them, got the best out of them. Again, as, as Finn and, and Joe have both said, I think, within a system. But, like, yeah, this is going to be significant for them. I don't, I don't see any way around that. Um, so... I think there will be a reaction. Now, I think I could be wrong, and the reaction could be, you know, a crisis of confidence or whatever. And we could, we could just catch Birmingham on a bad day, which which could happen, of course. But I really think there is no club that I would rather be playing at this level on Saturday than than them at this moment in time. Um, you know, we we played Rotherham last weekend to a bottom, and they gave us a really good, scrappy, hard, physical, overly so game. Um, Wednesday in QPR, we know what they're doing at the moment. Stoke, you know, I think that would be a bit of a baptism of uh, fire for Shuey. It would be an uncomfortable afternoon for everyone concerned. Birmingham are, you know, one of the clubs down there who just look like an absolute hopeless case at the moment. Not to say that they will continue to be forever, but this is a great time to be. They look like a team who, if you blow on them, they're going to fall over uh, at the moment. And, you know, and so, yeah, if we blow 
blow on them very, very hard, then we've we've got a great chance of yeah, of toppling them. Um yeah, I, I think you know, uh we uh I forgot what I was gonna say now. It's just been a it's been a whirlwind forty eight hours, what can I say? Uh I, I think, you know, I think um, if you you are oh, that this was it. You made a good point to me yesterday, John. John when I when I said, "Oh, will some of the players have wanted to play for Schumacher?" And that, you know, and yeah, there might be a few there that that are overly disappointed and now now are sort of questioning their their future at the club. I'm not saying that's the case, but you know, there's always there's always there's always players that are enticed to a club by a manager uh and then when that manager leaves you know it leaves them like any job you know there's their boss they really like a boss whatever he leaves them what so but you know people like morgan whitaker his partner and him are obviously very settled in plymouth and have a good rapport with the fans so i think it will mean a bit more to to a lot of players than just you know our manager has left one their professional pride should always be there and two, you know, they, they 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 will feel, by all accounts, most of the players really liked Shuey. So I'm I'm sure they will. I, I I mean, like like us fans, I would be a bit put off as like, why have you left in the middle of a season when we are obviously doing very well for a team that is below us in the table in whatever way you look at and however you want to look at Stoke as a club. You know, the fact is, is they are not as good a team as us at the moment. We beat them three weeks ago. Yes, in the last minute. But I felt we deserved to win that game in the end, you know? So, it, again, I, I, feel, I feel they'll be feeling maybe not the same level of hurt, but they will be feeling very similar to us. I also I also think it takes some pressure off the game, perversely. Like, I think if none of this had happened and we'd all woken up tomorrow morning and it was a dream, right? And sure he was um, still in charge. Then the narrative around this game would be Christ, this is an absolutely enormous game against a relegation rival. Um, you know, we absolutely need to win this game or get something out of it. Um, you, you know, I think there was talk going around, including among members of this podcast, about you know needing a sort of minimum of five points from uh, the three games in you know, QPR, Rotherham, Birmingham. Obviously, we didn't get three points at QPR, although we did get a good point. But that, but that still means you have to get something out of the Birmingham game, right? And I just think with this, it just sort of overshadows everything to the extent where, yeah, of course, all you know, mathematically and just logically, the same truth still applies. But it's almost like if we lose, then it's very easily explainable, right? It's not like we bottled it against a relegation rival. It's the players have had a traumatic and difficult week, and 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 you know, it's everything's massively uncertain and up in the air, and the, and the preparation was disrupted. And I just wonder if, you know, whereas the Rotherham game, there was clearly huge, huge pressure on the players, which they in the end, you know, got through. But I don't think they thrived under it, given you know we all saw the performance in in the second half in particular. I just sort of wonder if if maybe this actually perversely could just take the pressure off a little bit and allow them to sort of play football and feel like it's, it's, you know, a game that now is kind of freighted with a different context than, uh, than And aside from that, the goal being huge in terms of getting three points at home against the bottom of the league, you know, an actual game in the championship we are expecting to win, probably. <laughs> There's not many of them then this season. Um I, 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 and being a big three points in terms of, you know, sort of regaining that cushion and, and sort of boosting confidence. I think going into this week and now, you know, having seen Schumacher left, that last minute goal on Saturday was absolutely huge because if we had drawn to Rotherham with 10 men and then they we'd have gone into this week and our manager had left, I feel like the whole, 
narrative around it might have been a lot more negative and being like, oh, well, fuck him anyway, because he went, sorry for the bad language, you know, but, you know, uh, like, because we drew on, we drew to the bottom of the league on Saturday and, and, and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's, yeah. It, so I think the narrative on that goal has kind of changed and the positivity around whether we can progress. Because again, if we had drawn on Saturday, the pressure on this Birmingham game, absolutely huge. And now less so, and even less so, uh, you know, with what John said about the manager leaving and us having this kind of, not excuse, but sort of explanations for why this this Saturday and the next couple of weeks might be a bit difficult. Yeah, um, there's a good comment here from Dave Sell that says, uh, timing is shocking, but that's football. Refund my calendar, please. That's the second time that we've decided to put a manager on January um, and it's uh, we've had to reprint the thing. Uh, not doing wonders for our green credentials, having to reprint uh, endless calendars. Um, let's let's finish on one final question. Then, uh, will we finally win away now? I think that's that's it's destined for the stars, isn't it? Boxing Day. Oh yeah, we're winning at Cardiff, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. No, I, I I will say I don't think necessarily that Stephen Schumacher was totally the reason we weren't winning away, um, but. It you know it might improve our chances. We'll find out on Boxing Day, did, won't we? You, Aaron, you did ask earlier um, if we had anything else to add. Um, it should be mentioned, and it did caught, catch my eye earlier today. The under 18s won seven three in a completely yeah. bonkers game against Newport today. I think they were five one up at one stage, and then about ten minutes later, it was five three, and then they they rattled off a couple of quick goals at the end. So. Um, do you know what's even better about that 7-3 win is that Go on. the Argyle official account retweeted it bang on 2 o'clock. So everybody got a notification. That's incredible. That's in class from the club. Big fan of that. Yeah. I sure watched Charlie Rose's work. Absolutely class. Big fan of it. Um, yeah, I hope sure he's not poaching the social media people because uh, we need them to stay. Oh, no. We we'll, we'll, get one we final, we'll get one final match day moments up at uh, the Bet365 in April. Um, but yeah, um, on that, is, is there any like closing comments you guys want to make? See you later. I think we've, I, I was going to say, I think we've exhausted it all now, haven't we? Yeah, I think that's it. I think um, finally for me, I'm still, um, I'm very, I'm a very emotional man. I'm still trying to, uh, contemplate, I'm still trying to get my feelings in check on this one. I think seeing the, seeing the photos and stuff of uh, Schumacher uh, looking around the Bet Three Six Five Stadium, it just doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel um, like it's happened yet. I'm jumping on a, a Stoke Twitter space, so I can't wait to just. I, I will, I will say as a last thing, good luck to Stephen Schumacher, but I won't be following their results this season. <laughs> that's that's more a comment to Sam Down, by the way, if uh, he's still watching. Yeah. Oh yeah, I hope they to be let's be to be very, very clear that Sam does not share this opinion. Mm. I'll let him defend that when he's next on. But um Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's call that a night. Remember, like I said earlier. Subscribe to us on Apple Pods, Spotify. You can watch us on YouTube or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all under the same handle of Argyle Life 1886. Argyle Life is uh, a different name to Green and White Podcast. Don't know why. Don't ask me why. I didn't set it up. Um, find us there. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining me tonight on this emergency um, space. It's not space, is it? Streamyard, stream, whatever, pod, whatever. That's enough for tonight. See you later, boys. Cheers. See you in two weeks to stuff the manager we can believe in.
<laughs> Baines is at the reins, the words of uh, Sam Barker. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.